0: It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis. to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis with you right through till 8 o'clock. Welcome to show number 192. That's probably silver, platinum, gold and, I don't know, wood anniversaries all rolled into one. I am so looking forward to sometime in January or possibly February when uh, the 200th show happens and one of you listeners is going to knock on that door, walk onto the studio bearing a cake can't hardly wait hey i'd love you to be part of the show text me three nine two zero keyword live that will pop up on the screens in front of me you can tweet me of course at Vaughan davis and uh, ooh, i'll probably tweet you right back i can talk and tweet at the same time later in the show hazel phillips well now in the show she's already here but later in the show your christmas prayers answered who likes christmas shopping not me and a cunning cunning tactic to escape your mobile phone, using, of course, your mobile phone. First though, ASB Bright Sparks is a national technology and innovation competition open to intermediate and high school age students across New Zealand. It's been going five years or so and ASB has been a sponsor for two. We're very lucky tonight because Brian Kitchen from Ponsonby Intermediate, where both my boys went, never entered the competition, let alone won anything, if you're listening. Uh, Brian is one of this year's supreme winners. And he's here to talk about his invention, the, I don't even know how to say it, Brian, action berry, something berry pie. How do I say it? The action pie. Action. It's like action. It's the action, action berry pie. You invented something the world was looking for, the actionberry pie. Congratulations, first of all. Yeah. Did you, did you get a prize? What did, what did they give you? They're a bank. They gave you money, right? Lots and lots of money. Yeah. Did they? Uh-huh. How much? That was one thousand four hundred dollars. That's a that's a that's an odd number. Well, technically speaking, now you're going to correct me because you're a smart guy. That's an even number, but um, that's an unusual number, isn't it? One thousand four hundred dollars. You wouldn't complain, though, would you? No. You probably got it committed to to more more hardware, more hardware for your next project. Maybe. yeah. Or your drone. Now you, we we were talking in the break about your drone. Tell us about your drone before we get onto the I- Action berry Pie. Talk talk to me about your drone. Well, it's something I i like
1: flying drones and so i decided to get a good drone and yeah i like flying drones
0: what is what is it about flying them do you do you, uh, do you hang a camera off them and you know look into your neighbor's backyards <laughs> yeah it's you got do a- don't, don't, don't don't admit that stuff on the air <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's got a camera on it and it's fun just flying it quite fast and Heading things
0: because one of the one of the things I've, I've seen on youtube but i've i've never seen in real life is um drone racing right like pod racing in star wars have you you say you like flying fast have you ever done any drone racing no the drone i have is more of a camera drone not a racing drone does, does drone racing happen in new zealand to the best of your knowledge yeah it does happen that would be cool. You could, go and, um, you could go and document it from your camera drone while they do the, uh, the drone racing. Hey, but let's talk about your, your invention. You've got it right there in front of you here in the uh, Radio Live studio. It looks like a bunch of um, electrical boxes held together by, I'm going to say that's duct tape. Yes. <clears throat> which is absolutely awesome. Yeah. So describe, describe to me what, what's sitting there. Or well, it's
1: um, an action berry pie, and a box for its batteries, a keyboard, and some electronic bits to hold it all together.
0: So there's 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 a tiny little uh, computer, and there's a, a little keyboardy screeny thing, and there's what looks like mm, one of those Xbox camera things plugged B. into it. So l- let's let's first talk about what it actually does. Well, what it
1: does is it's a 3D scanner for mapping caves.
0: Awesome. That's very Harry Potter. Uh, You're from Auckland. What sort of caves actually need scanning here?
1: Often lava caves because they're right in the suburbs of the city, but could be used in any cave.
0: So let's talk about the lava caves and, and why you thought that that would be a, a problem worth fixing. You, you made a little YouTube video which explained it pretty well. So what what's the, what's the important thing for us as Aucklanders about knowing where and how big these lava caves are?
1: Well, it's a problem for developers as caves can collapse and buildings sometimes fall into them. It's also just... There all the maps for caves at the moment are in 2D and are just drawn by hand. Mm-hmm. So this can give you an accurate
0: 3D model of the cave. You're going to put the spelunking cartographers out of work. Does, <laughs> do, you, do you worry about that? No. Every, every invention that ever happened puts some, put someone out of work. So I, I've lived in Auckland for a long time, and I've, I, I don't think I've ever set foot in a lava cave. What, what is it about them that interests you personally?
1: I enjoy the way it has so many different paths and you can just explore them and find out where they go.
0: And are they publicly accessible?
1: Some of them, but a lot of them are just in people's backyards.
0: That is so cool. Don't tell me you've got one in your backyard. No. Oh, I bet you wish you did. So the, the, one, the one in the YouTube video you did was pretty cool, That it was pretty well developed and had stairs going down into it. Where, where's that one? I'm not
1: sure, actually, I actually just found a picture of that on Google.
0: You just found a picture and, and, and used that as the, as the basis of your video. That's a very honest answer. I would have lied. I would have lied if I were you. <laughs> so you decided you're going to make these 3D models, these maps, if you like, of lava caves. How did you get from, mm, there's a problem to be solved, to, hey, there's this, this stuff sitting on the bench all, all tied together? Because there's lots of ways you could do it, right? How, how did you get to the solution you've got?
1: Well, firstly, I got the scanner working with my computer, so it could process the scans.
0: But what what made you think, hey, a scanner is the way to do this? What? How did how did you make that first leap?
1: Well, this particular scanner is the best thing for scanning caves because most of the others have to be set up on a tripod. This one doesn't; it can just be waved around.
0: So, to, okay, well, let's talk talk me through how this happens. So, you've you've got your stuff, your gear. Um, you walk into the cave, describe to me, don't describe the, the wetters and everything like that because that's a bit scary, but um, describe to me the process of scanning a cave. What do you as the operator actually have to do and how long does it take?
1: Um, how long it takes depends on how accurate you want the scan to be, but you basically run the script, press S to start, So run the script,
0: so there's probably people listening who don't know what that means. So run a script means make a little computer program run, right? Yes. Yeah. You just
1: double click on the icon on your desktop.
0: Yep, we all understand that.
1: Then you press S on your keyboard to start recording and just you can see what it's seeing and you just point at every part of the cave wall.
0: So it's kind of like if you were walking around spray-painting the, the, the cave wall except you're holding this, this ASOS scanner. Yes. How, without getting, you know, bafflingly technical, how does the scanner actually see? What is it seeing when it looks at the cave wall? How does it build that 3D picture?
1: What it is seeing is the distance to each pixel on its screen, like a normal camera would record the colour, it records the distance.
0: And how, how does it do that? Is it doing it with sound waves or is it doing it with light? How's it do, is, or is it two cameras far enough apart to you know, triangulate? Which is it?
1: Well, it uses the triangulating thing as well as sending out light in infrared form.
0: Right, so, so it sends out a pulse of light and goes, mm, start my stopwatch, and when the pulse of light comes back, stop my stopwatch, except it doesn't take quite that long yes basically. so it's a bit quicker than that that's that's how they that's how they originally measured the distance the moon i think when the um when the the first lunar landers were up there they, they pinged some light out started the stopwatch stopped it when it got back that's pretty cool so you've got this you've got the scanner which is an asus i can't even say half the words in your product asus exgen is that how you'd say it yeah asus exgen vex camera and that vex i've got to say sounds very harry potter um, What's that made? What's it really meant for? What was it built for? Because <clears throat> scanning caves is a pretty small market, right? It's built for a development,
1: often in games, like the um, other one is
0: used. Oh, like like the Xbox Motion Sensor when you're playing tennis or whatever, or waving your arms around pretending they're a gun. Yeah. Okay, So it's a gaming thing, and you've gone okay. There's a problem here to solve. I'm going to take this gaming technology and use it to solve a real world problem.
1: Sort of, yeah.
0: Very cool. Hey, I'm speaking to um, the, uh, the the supreme winner. The supreme winner, fourteen hundred dollars. I think I, I'm going to talk to ASB because I know them quite well. Get them to round that up because fourteen hundred dollars that would just make me niggly. I'd want the full fifteen hundred or maybe two thousand. Uh, Brian Kitchen, the uh, the winner of the ASB Bright Sparks competition. More from him after this. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social and very excited because there's a a clever young dude, Mr. Brian Kitchen in the studio, winner of the ASB Bright Sparks Technology and Innovation Competition. Welcome back, Brian. Tell me about this competition. How did you hear about it? I heard about it from my friend Nick at school. And what what did he tell you? What, what, uh, What attracted you to enter? Well, it's um a technology
1: competition not a science one like i'd entered last year which this technology is technology
0: yeah so uh, you know when i think of science competitions i think of you know lisa simpson with fake volcanoes and the bicarbonate of soda soda this is a technology competition differs from a science competition in what way
1: well in a science competition it's mainly based on the science but some of them have technology in it as well technology competence is just technology
0: it's something's got to do something and work right is that important
1: it doesn't always have to work it's also about the process
0: so the the thing that interested me about your entry the um the 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 lava cave scanning technology which you've kind of crushed you know together from various various bits of kit which is very cool complete complete and i'm in awe of this with duct tape because all good technology has duct tape Um, The thing that interested me about your entry was that you didn't just go, I'm going to fix this problem with this. You actually looked at the market and you looked at who else had tried to fix it and how they tried to fix it. Tell me about that.
1: Well, it is one thing that people like to know what else is out there, why mine is better than theirs. So I just looked at it and found out that most of them are $30,000. But it's also a problem that I thought of when I originally s- started making them.
0: Because, you know, if I had if I had a lava cave under my house, maybe I do, I don't know, um, I'd be quite keen to know how big it was, but not $30,000 worth of keen, I think. How, how much did all that stuff cost? Maybe you should ask your mother. Um, how, how much did the, the kit that went into your solution cost, do you think?
1: It costed a total of $580.
0: That's not much, is it? No. That's not much. And how far are you from going, okay, here's here's my solution, and handing it off to anyone else who wants to use it and map their lava caves? How far are you from having a usable product, do you think?
1: Well, I haven't quite finished it, as I need to compile this one script that isn't working. So... Maybe a wee
0: way off. A wee way off, and well, you, you can you can you can just say to your mum, "Hey, I don't need to get a holiday job because I got fourteen hundred dollars from ASB. I can stay in my bedroom and and work on this." That's Maybe. what that's what that's what I would do. That's entirely what I would do. Is this the first thing you've invented? The first piece of you know tech that you've cobbled together in this way? Yes, probably. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So your very your very first thing that you invented wins this you know supreme fourteen hundred dollar prize. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The um we had the the winner last year, I think he came in and he'd invented a, a laser beam for well he hadn't invented a laser beam, but he'd uh, applied a laser beam to measuring power, which is which is kind of interesting. Interesting that both his and yours uh technology and scanning the natural world. There's a bit of a theme going on there, isn't there? Yeah. Do you think you'll enter again? Probably if I
1: make some other thing that I can enter.
0: Because you you can Enter in intermediate, and you can also enter in high school. Are you was—is this the end of your first or second year of intermediate? Second year. Second year. Okay. And what w- which um secondary school are you going to?
1: Pots intermediate.
0: No secondary school after this.
1: Oh, I'm going
0: to Western Springs. Oh, very good, very good school. I've got a I've got a fifteen a sixteen year old son there. Good good technology stream. So. When you enter a competition like ASB Bright Sparks, are you kind of just out there on your own doing it and then in goes your entry or is it something that the school gets involved with as well, supporting you? Is it a school project or is it your project?
1: Well, last year I entered it through a science fair yep. through the school, but this year I just entered it through a technology test competition that wasn't
0: connected to the school. Right, so um, so P- Ponsom Intermediate's not going to put the trophy on their wall; it's it goes on your wall. Yes, and they and they certainly can't have any of the money. So you you were working on it last year. Uh, it's taken you quite some time, hasn't it? How, how how have you kept track of the hours or days or weeks that you've spent on this project?
1: No, just in my spare time.
0: Quite a long time, though.
1: Yeah, like after school, most days.
0: And what's what's been the hardest thing about it? Is Is it is it the programming side or is it knowing which pieces of tech to use or is it actually making the bit of bits of tech play well together? Because that can be a challenge, can't it?
1: It's mostly for this project, it's making all the things work together.
0: And we mentioned it at the beginning, the heart of this, apart from the little ASOS, you know, X-Gen Pro scanner, is a tiny little computer about the size of a credit card called a Raspberry Pi. Now, a lot of people listening will have never heard of one of those. So, bearing in mind that not everyone's a a computer whiz who's listening to the show tonight, explain to me what a Raspberry Pi is.
1: A Raspberry Pi is a small computer that they made for kids to learn to code on.
0: And d- describe it to me physically. What does it look like? How big is it? What's on it? It's
1: about the size of a credit card of just a screen and it has some bits poking out of it.
0: And you obviously just can't pick one of these up and go, "Okay, I'm going to program this thing, right? You need to plug things into it." So what do you plug into this Raspberry Pi to make it useful?
1: You need to have a mouse and a keyboard, but in my case and a monitor, and but I just use the
0: touchscreen so I don't need the mouse. And, and how much the Raspberry Pi is pretty cheap, right? Seventy dollars. Seventy dollars. That's awesome. So for seventy bucks, you can get a computer that can you know plug into other things and, and map your lava cave. If you if you if you happen to uh, if you, if you happen to have a lava cave. Yes. Don't you wish you had a lava cave? <laughs> I'm beginning. I'm beginning to wish. I, I'm, Hazel, I bet, wishes she had a lava cave. I'm beginning to wish I had a lava cave. So when when was the uh, when was the big announcement? When did you know you'd won?
1: i just went to the competition for my stuff and i was sitting down and they called out my name and i went up
0: oh so it was right there live live in the, uh, in the event that's pretty cool that's pretty mm-hmm. cool and and were you impressed by some of the other entries what what did you like among the other ones
1: i thought some of the other entries were quite interesting and innovative
0: do you have any favorites no you not. just got that oversized novelty 1400 hundred dollar check and it was just a blur after that <laughs> Yeah. Pretty much. So, what's what's Brian? What what's what's next for you apart from uh, apart from school holidays, which must start in a couple of weeks? Um, you've got this one to finish. What's what's next in your um, you know your your list of things to invent?
1: Well, I thought I might try put it on a drone, which is an interesting thing to do. I wondered if you're going to go there.
0: So, rather than walk around and and have to wave the sensor, you don't even have to do that. You can just get the drone to go down the cave for you yeah easy but it's quite heavy though isn't it? all that gear well if i was just using
1: the drone i wouldn't use all this
0: ah you just need the sensor and, and the raspberry pi yes easy peasy and do you think you'll um you think you'll you'll seriously give that a crack
1: maybe but i'd need a better drone if i was going to
0: do that this it's a very good uh, very good hint to drop when it's um, four weeks before Christmas and your mother is sitting uh, just next to you. Hey, so what's... Uh, I know it's really hard to make these predictions, you know, when you're in year two at intermediate, but looking down the track, what do you, do? you, do you want to do this sort of stuff for a living or do you just treat, you know, inventing things as a hobby?
1: What I would like to do is something to do with science and technology. hmm Something like, I don't know,
0: that uses both of them. Maybe you could. Maybe you could. Uh, maybe go get a job at Rocket Labs. Scan. You could. You could scan the uh, scan the the lava tunnels of Mars. Because Mars. Ha- there you go. Because Mars does have lava tunnels, right? I think. Yeah, maybe. It, it has some so- I'm, I'm watching this fantastic thing at the moment. Do you have Netflix? Yes. Look this up. It's called just called Mars. Have you seen it? No. Really good. It's a, it's a National Geographic uh, production, but it's not a documentary, it's a drama set in like 2033, and all the technology is legit, and they intercut the drama from 2033 with interviews from 2016 with people like you know NASA astronauts and scientists and Elon Musk even, which is really cool. Did you hear what he's going to do next with his car? No. This is awesome. This is, this is absolutely awesome. They've got this heavy-lift rocket. They're going to put it into space, I, th- I think, in the next month or so. The first payload on this heavy-lift rocket is going to be a Tesla car. And he's going to send it to Mars and put this car in orbit around Mars. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah hang with it for 10 years. Brian, that's what you'll be doing. Hey, thank you so much. Talking to uh, Brian Kitchen, supreme winner of the ASB Bright Sparks competition. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah. After the break, Hazel Phillips is waiting in the wings with the apps of the week, including a couple of websites actually, a couple of websites to solve your Christmas shopping problems, some of them serious, some of them not so serious, and a way to wean you, wean you Off that mobile technology. Back soon. Connecting you to the future of the internet. Internet. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social and a big Sunday Social. Welcome back to the chair for Hazel Phillips. How are you, Hazel? Hello, Vaughan. I'm very good. You've got a drone story to tell us. I
2: do. So I did the Milford track this week. I did the Milford track. And I did the Milford track. And it's, look, it's been a few years since I was on on Milford. Yeah special 54 kilometers of amazing scenery anyway there is actually a no drone rule on the milford now excellent um and i think that also applies to the kepler and rootburn tracks
0: the great Mm. wars yeah
2: and we had a guy who had a drone and i can tell you in your
0: party uh
2: not in our party but one of the others on the track Mm. and i can tell you that it was deeply unappreciated by a lot of people
0: Fair enough. Because on the one hand, you know, you go home to Spain or wherever he was from, and you've got this great footage of the uh ah uh, the serenity, uh, or was it the tranquility? I can't remember. Uh, but on the other hand, you're ruining it for everyone because of the sh-
2: yeah, yeah, the zh- zh- all the time. So anyway, someone told him where they where he could put his drone, and he was very good about it. Actually, packed the drone away,
0: and that was uh, never to be seen again. He got
2: no footage.
0: There's going to be some I don't know drones and the law and safety and people's privacy. That's just just a a a, a, a can of worms. It is a can of droning worms. Drony which, worms. Which are going to be um, uncorked over the next uh, couple of years. Just you watch. Hey, um, it's Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday to the text message. I was surprised about this um, today, in fact, or was it yesterday? What's today? Fourth. Third. Chase the third. Chase the third. Today, today, this is this is this is momentous. Today marks the twenty-fifth birthday for the text message. Happy birthday. I think it's just awesome. And well the the very first text message was Merry Christmas.
2: Oh. Isn't that fitting?
0: It's totally fitting. It's totally fitting. And mind you, the very second one was, oh, God, it's still four weeks away. Too early. Too early. Too early. early. Far too early. It had have been in November. But I was thinking about that. So 25 years ago, when I was 25, they were new. I I, I was sure that, I don't know, they they, they feel like they've been around forever.
2: Hmm. I sort of feel like they are quite new, though.
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe you you were late to the uh, the text messaging party.
2: Yeah, when I was at uni that text messages sort of started, that was late 90s. L-O-L. Mm, that's when we all had phones, you know, those little uh, Alcatel ones.
0: Yes, we didn't even have Nokias. They came later. Yeah. That's was what, Alcatel we, was the thing. Motorola's.
2: Yeah, it was about 99,
0: wasn't it? 98. Tw- 25 years ago? I think yeah. you'll find it was 92.
2: Well, 92, but that was when the Alcatels came in.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. 25 years ago today the very first text message in the world and it said Merry Christmas. The the other thing and uh, Vodafone here, they they should have made more of it. I don't know if they did. Uh, It was Vodafone who who invented it. Really? Yeah, they invented the text message. Oh,
2: congratulations, Vodafone.
0: Well, that's why they, maybe it's why they're called Vodafone. I don't know. Do you know what Vodafone stands for? What? Ah. No, I don't know.
2: Do tell me, Vaughan.
0: Enlighten me. I'm here to tell you. Um, I I don't even know what sort of word this is. Is it a Portmanteau word? I don't know. Ah. You will you know because you're you're a wordy word. word wordy word face. It um it stands for voice and data phone. Oh. It's not it, it is a portmanteau, word. isn't it? Is it? I don't know.
2: Oh. There's a word for it. I isn't thought there? a
0: portmanteau word was two complete words being put together like yeah. suitcase.
2: Someone's gonna text us.
0: Do you know what portmanteau is French for? Um Suitcase. <laughs> yes. There you go. Portmanteau. And suitcase is one. So yeah. there you go. Someone well, will enlighten us. Well done, Vodafone. And yeah. and that's um, also, drawing a long bow here, why Twitter had a 140-character limit is because it was originally a text-based service which had a 160-character limit. They made room for a username, and that was your 140-character tweet. There you go. But you wouldn't know about that because you're off Twitter. Um, so, <laughs> Christmas. Merry Christmas, says uh, the Vodafone engineer, 25 years ago. He was 22 as well. Oh, sure. What, what passed for a millennial back those days?
2: He was probably smart like Brian. Brian was very smart. Brian's so smart. Brian, he's going to take over the world.
0: He's going he's gonna to put his, uh, whatever the equivalent of a Tesla is, into orbit around Jupiter by the mm. time. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll still be wearing this, the, these very same socks and thinking about maybe buying a new pair, and he would have put a car into orbit around Jupiter. Um, Christmas, though, speaking of socks, I, I'm always happy to get socks for Christmas. Are
2: you? Well, I suppose well, no, useful. theoretically,
0: because no one ever gets me anything for Christmas. But if, if that was socks, I'd be happy. I was in I was in farmers the other day. And there was a sign. There were these there were these little um little posters all round the all round the shop saying you know get him something better than socks. But you quite like socks. I quite like socks, but that's not the funny bit. Then I got to the socks section, and there was a sign saying great gift idea for him. Oh, so they can't have it both ways. No, they can't. They can't have it both ways. Are you listening, farmers? Yeah, you listening, farmers? Mm. Um, Farmers is, everyone listens to this show. Um, shut up and take my money. Shut up and take my money.com.
2: Isn't this fantastic? It's so it's a website full of silly things that you don't need and you probably shouldn't waste your money on, mm-hmm. but they're quite hilarious. So the ca- there are categories from geeky to Christmas and beer and wine and then just random. Um, and the current silly things on there that I had a look at include um, a, a set of bed sheets with a twister kind of game pattern. That's, that's one of those...
0: Uh, it's That's sort of, naughty though, isn't it's it? It's naughty, but let's just buy it in a novelty sense and then, ha-ha, <laughs> well, it's not really novelty. <laughs> mm.
2: Mm. And then moving on, there's a unicorn candle that as the wax melts, it's kind of rainbow wax and it makes it look like the unicorn's crying. So it's got a little hole for its eyes and and the uh, multicoloured unicorn wax comes out the
0: side. Unicorn. Sad unicorn. Unicorn anything sells to hipsters. I know,
2: I know. It's brilliant. Um, what else? And a mini fridge that looks like R2D2.
0: I would love a mini-fridge that looked like R2-D2.
2: What about socks, though? What about between socks and the R2-D2 fridge? I
0: would love socks that looked like a mini-fridge that looked like R2-D2 and kept your feet cool. I will look for those. I'm not... I wasn't dropping hints. I wasn't dropping hints. I'm handy not getting...
2: I'm going to make it happen.
0: You will not make it happen. Um, What I would like, if I I were dropping hints to you, if I were dropping hints, which I'm not, uh, I would say, Hazel? bagoffarts.com Oh, yes. did you hear the hint? Drop the desk? Yes. So,
2: shout out to my uh, my friend Mike Hayden for alerting me to bagoffarts.com um, So this website sells candy floss that's just pretending to be farts such as unicorn farts, uh, reindeer farts bunny farts, zombie farts And each bag has a cute little design with a funny story about farts on the back. And everyone just loves candy floss and they love fart jokes. So it's kind of the ideal gift. Plus 10% of the proceeds go to charities.
0: So this this is buying candy floss online.
2: Yes, dressed up as
0: farts. I'm going to guess you haven't done this. I
2: haven't done it, but I think it's funny.
0: Does candy floss even travel, or, or is like after a week in the mail? Because this comes from America, right? After a week in the mail, does it just revert to sugar?
2: You'll find <laughs> it just, out.
0: shaggy, shaggy, shaggy. blah, 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 blah. Not, and to, it's ruin, just sugar. not
2: to ruin, not any surprises, born, but you're probably going to find out on Christmas Day. Hey! Yeah, let me know. You've got some unicorn f- f- farts coming to. I'm,
0: I'm your very place well. If, if you are not going to buy me uni- unicorn farts for Christmas at bagoffarts.com, I've got a way for you to save money yet still be generous.
2: Most but, excellent. This is called Honey. Had you heard of this before, Tina? No, I hadn't, and I love it.
0: <clears throat> so this is solving that problem where you go to a retail website like, let's say, farts.com <clears throat> or even shutupandtakemymoney.com, and you get to the checkout and it says uh, enter voucher code. And you go, oh, no, I don't have a voucher code. If only I had a voucher code. I'm jealous of those people with voucher codes. They're probably happier than me. Not just that, they're going to get 15 to 20% off what I'm just about to buy for full price.
2: Everybody loves a voucher code.
0: Everybody loves a voucher code. Um, so, there is a, a, a way of getting voucher codes. And I know there's an informal market for voucher codes. And I know, you know, the, my, my teenage flatmates, otherwise known as sons, um, you know, they'll they'll trade kind of pizza voucher codes among themselves. You know, never pay full price for a Domino's pizza, right? No, no, Sarah's shaking her head. Never pay full price for a Domino's pizza because there's always a code. Well, it turns out there's a website that's going to sort that out, joinhoney.com, joinhoney.com. And what it does is steps you through downloading a thing called a browser extension, and I'm going to slow down because we're getting technical. It's just a little, tiny little program that plugs into your Chrome website browser. I don't know if it works on your phone. You're, you're mm. used to phone-based mm, a lot. Mm. But it works on your on your laptop. So mm. um, Honey is the name of the browser extension. <clears throat> and what happens is you go internet shopping. Here we are at Country Road or J Crew or whatever it is. You get to the checkout and it says enter voucher code. And Honey goes and looks for a voucher code for you. Oh. Isn't that What a Honey. What a Honey. So whether or not you're actually entitled to it, um, I think it's legal. Um, The guy on the radio said it was. Hey, that's me. Pretty legal. And it just says, you know, um, disc 20 or whatever the voucher code is. And wham, bam, you've got the discount, ma'am.
2: Sounds fantastic. I think it is. I'm in.
0: Yeah, the only... Uh, caveat is that um, you, you know your little I don't know New, New, New Zealand um, bouncy castle adhesive patch dot website. Um, your, the niche websites, the mm. niche websites, might not have um, the ability to plug into Honey, but the the bigger, especially American, UK, Australian e commerce websites, quid's in. Fantastic. Well, twenty percent off quid in. Which yeah. is kind of cool. Now, the w- one last thing I want to talk about before, before we go to the break is um, what I was hoping to get for Christmas, but now I'm not, which is rather sad. What's that, Vaughn? The Apple HomePod. Oh. Do you, have we talked about smart speakers when you've been in before? No,
2: I don't think so. We usually talk about rude things like farts.
0: Farts. Um, well, smart speakers can do farts. They, that's how smart they are. Oh. So I've got a, a thing at home called um, a Google Home Which is a little speaker sits on your kitchen bench, listens to you all the time. Do you want one? Just that uh, sounds creepy. Am I selling it well? And when you say the word or the words, "Okay, Google," it suddenly perks up and then you know acts on whatever it is you say. So you know, "Okay, Google," when's the next bus to Queen Street? Or "Okay, Google," play me some music from The Smiths, and it just does it. It connects to the internet. Well, Apple uh, a few months ago. announced they're going to do their own and a lot of people uh, you know uh, hardcore fan people would have been going well you know I, I like the idea of it but surely apple's going to bring one out and apple said they would but uh, uh it's delayed it's delayed so typical apple stuff they've, they've gone right we're going to do what the google home does but we're going to do it bigger better sonically beautiful perfect we're not going to release it until it's perfect and christmas has come and gone
2: hmm. that's very sad how is it different from siri on your phone
0: it'll have siri is the technology is the so siri is the um artificial intelligence the voice recognition and the text to speech platform that powers it and and google assistant is the google one but apple homepod is the physical thing it's you know it's a speaker about the size of a milo tin if you like that, you know, a good-sized milo tin that sits in your room, fills it with music, listens to what you're saying, and uh, does your evil bidding. But you know what? It doesn't because it's not uh, available till next year.
2: So Siri basically <coughs> sits inside a milo tin inside your house and eavesdrops
0: on you. You good with that?
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't well, know. Well,
0: she sits... She sits listening to you all the time with your phone because otherwise how will she know when you're going to say hey siri
2: i suppose she deserves a milo tin for christmas doesn't she
0: she totally deserves a milo tin full of unicorn farts after the break the apps you just need to get through the next week back soon yes indeed there's a bazillion apps out there or 1.7 bazillion if you're on android and most of them Ah uh, rubbish, luckily, luckily, Hazel's been spending the whole entire week when she hasn't been walking the Milford Track looking for the good ones, haven't you? Yes, I have. Oh, wait, wait, before you do, farts. Farts. So we were talking before, I've had a couple of texts saying what was the name of that fart website, <laughs> now I just need to be clear, it's not really a fart website, it's actually a candy floss website and they package up candy floss and tell you it's farts. That sounds like one of those things your uncle would say, oh, that Vaughn. He could package up candy floss and tell you it was farts. Yeah. Or other way around.
2: And someone actually He could package
0: it. up farts and tell you it was candy floss. <laughs> um, so the, the web address was bagoffarts.com. That should be the motto for my advertising agency, the goat farm, tgf.co.nz. Ah, we, could, we could package your farts and tell them it was candy floss. Um, but it got me thinking, if, if you want to take it to the next level, um, sweary word coming up, by the way, but it's to eight. Um shitexpress.com. What
2: is on that website, Vaughan?
0: Well, put it this way. It's not chocolate pretending to be (laughs) poo. It's it's actual poo. Um, Yeah, and it turns out there's a whole... I, I come back to this about once a year because every year there are more and more and more websites in every country of the world who will send a poo to the recipient of your choice.
2: So that's quite a valid market. Growing well, market.
0: It, it seems to be the go, going by how many websites there are. com is sort of the um, the progenitor. It's been been around forever, and the idea is it, it arrives anonymously, gift wrapped, beautifully gift wrapped, to whomever you want to send a poo to.
2: And is this done anonymously? You yes, send you yes, send these yes, poos yes, to your yes. to your enemies. Yeah, well, not to people you like, obviously. Not to people you like. Obviously. Yeah. So why would you package it beautifully? Is that just for the shock factor? They think they're getting a present and. I feel like we've gone down the rabbit hole here.
0: We have a little bit. I um, uh, will. We um, point out that it's not human poo. Oh, okay. Can oh. you
2: choose your poo?
0: Yes, you can. You can. You can choose a w- variety of animal poos. Dep- and different websites have different different uh, selections. Some of them just have you know barnyard sort of poo. Um, some of them get quite exotic. Do quite they? exotic, by which I mean you know rhinoceros, rhinoceros droppings. Well, but you wouldn't be able to. Find well, they, that they, in New they, Zealand they, they say it's wrong issue yes, the zoo well, the zoo, but
2: okay, <clears throat> maybe guess what you're getting for Christmas
0: um I can't even begin to imagine anyway, anyway, um you were about to say that you' Found a, an ironically technology-based way of cutting down on technology.
2: Yes, because you don't really want to throw out technology entirely. So I mean, a smartphone. I don't want to
0: throw it out at all. Well,
2: yeah, want more of Some it. people do want to cut down on their Weirdos. on their screen time. Weirdos like me.
0: There's 26 screens in this room.
2: I know it's <laughs> quite creepy, isn't it, Vaughan? They're watching us. There's six cameras. Siri is in her Milo tin watching us. Um But yeah, I decided I would cut down on my smartphone time, uh, and so I firstly I, why. Um, because I felt well, I also decided to get off some social media, so I quit Twitter, um, and then deactivated my Instagram. I felt like my concentration span was shot, so I felt like I couldn't uh, sustain reading a book, for example, um, watching a movie. Got irritated, and it's just that that sort of constant feedback from social media. That's what Maybe your brain you gets words. used to. Maybe did I do. You, did you check that? Ah, uh, well, now that I've done the yeah, milford tablets, and been just drinking say, all the water, just say for the kids. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So yes, I thought I'd cut down on my screen time. Anyway, this, this app is called Moment and uh, it's, it's freem- freemium, is that the word? You know, you can pay for some features, but basically it's free. Yep. Uh, and it just tracks your, your screen time, uh, lets you know how long you've spent on your phone each day. So ha- after, uh, I, you know, I wasn't really tracking it beforehand when I had the social media apps on there, but now my average is one hour, 27 minutes, which still kind of sounds long, doesn't it? An hour 27, Oh, I don't know.
0: Phone? Well, so it just looks at your phone. It doesn't know about your laptop.
2: It doesn't, no. So it's only right. mo- it's only mobile phone. Uh, and it, so it tells you which apps are using up most of your time, uh, how much of your waking life you spend on your phone, and how many pickups you have, which is how many times you pick up
0: your phone and check it. That would be an interesting number. Yeah. Do you have that number?
2: Uh, mine are way, way down now because I just ignore my phone entirely. But you'd be surprised when you first start. It's a real habit. Pick it up, look at it. Pick it up, look at it. Yeah. Seems like crazy behaviour.
0: So, Moment is the name of the app, and it's for iPhone, obviously. May well be available. Yes, I for think
2: it's also on Android.
0: Does it do anything beyond tell you how bad you are?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> bad boy, Vaughan. Um, you can pay for uh, an upgraded version, and it gives you features such as screen free time. I'm assuming it sort of locks your. It locks your phone or something, so you can awesome. use it for the ones really you addicted. You
0: can pay yeah. money. In order yep. to not be able to use your expensive phone, which you just paid for.
2: Yes. Uh, and, and it Brilliant. And it can put in a, a daily limit, and it can give you little reminders, and there's kind of a life coach feature within it. Uh, I, I'm assuming, I haven't tried it, but I'm assuming it goes, you know, Vaughn, stop using your
0: phone. We don't need no robot life coach. No. Well, especially on this show. I can't, I can't, I can't have an app that tells me not to use my phone. <laughs> I know.
2: I know, I shouldn't have even mentioned it. No.
0: know Although, o- of all the apps... That, so that, that that one's called Moment. It sounds kind of. A, I'm going to download it. Give it a go because I want to show off about how often i touch my phone and, mm. and how many hours i spend yeah and i want to challenge other people to spend even more time i want to get to 20 i want to get it up to 27 hours a day
2: yeah it'll somehow probably, it'll blink at you and go it'll sort of blow a gasket maybe I if i
0: do international time zone travel i can suddenly, i can somehow hack it so i'm getting more than 24 hours a day of phone use. you're gonna blow its mind i think that'd be kind of cool my, my favorite in that in that genre is one called forest that Incentivizes you by every time you're off screen, you know, not using it uh, you plant a tree, you say this is my virtual tree and if you don't touch the phone for 10 minutes, the tree grows to maturity if you do, the tree withers and dies Aww. and it incentivizes you by having this this, um, this big forest. I like the sound of that it. It's kind of cute, it's kind of cute Um, Gaspi Gaspi Gaspi?
2: Gaspi I don't know, it looks like Gasby.
0: G-A-S-P-Y. G-A-S-P-Y. (laughs) G-A-S-P-Y. G-A-S-P-Y. Crowdsourcing fuel prices. Now, this is interesting because I drive around Greater Auckland quite a lot, and I see the variation in fuel prices between, you know, hey, rip them off for all they're worth in a city, and "Mm, let's drop the price out in the suburbs.
2: Mm. So a lot of people get locked into sort of the loyalty schemes, etc. But actually just shopping around for a fuel price um, can be very effective because there is that huge variety as well and also across regions. Um, so this is the original fuel finding app for New Zealand and it tells you where the cheapest fuel is in your area. Uh, and you can you can see when the last time was that somebody entered a fuel price. Um, if oh, the so price you know is, if it's fresh. Yeah, it's, so it'll say, you know, um, entered by Vaughan. Two hours ago, um, you can you can update the price and confirm the price, and every time you do one of those things, you go into a, a prize draw for vouchers and so on. So it kind of encourages people.
0: Where, where do the vouchers come from? Who's uh, behind I'm this? Sh- and are well,
2: you paying? It's a it's an, a a based IT software development company called I think it's HWEN, H W E They
0: specialize in word in ambiguously pronounced words. These people, I don't think they're they? just
2: messing with us. Actually, yeah. hopefully they're they're listening, and someone will tweet us and tell us how to, to say these things. Um, but yeah, that's a it's a great. Way way to to get cheap fuel to be able to see you know where should you go and where should you fill up so the next
0: step for gas spy let's say Mm. it's called gas spy is voice commands so tie it into your google home or your apple home pod and say hey siri yes where can i get some cheap gas Mm -hmm. and the next step beyond that is when either of those systems is integrated into your car because you've got cars now that have um, Apple CarPlay and Android, whatever it's called, so you can say, "Hey, car, where can I get the free ga- the cheap gas?" And then the next step beyond that, and this is kind of almost happening, is cars. A lot of fancy cars at the moment, not like you or I drive, I suspect, but the, the fancy cars. When you get low on gas, it'll tell you where the nearest gas station is. That's awesome. Which is kind of cool. That's been around for a few years because, you know, the fuel gauge just triggers something in the car computer and the GPS finds a gas station. But with Gas Spy, if you could integrate this with your car, it would go, hey, Hazel, you're low on gas. The nearest gas station is the gull station around the corner. But if you drove three more minutes, the mobile station would save you $4 overall.
2: The robots are coming. What about self-drive cars that will actually go and fill themselves up at the cheapest place without you prompting?
0: Or well, that'd be cool. Or mm. the other, the other um, service which uh, they have in the States, I, I haven't heard of it here yet, is gas deliveries to your car. Excellent. So you just, you know, hit the app. Next thing you know, they come along put the gas in. Mm. And it's there in the morning. And, and because, you know, they don't have a gas station, they don't have the, the, the rent, the overheads, all, all that kind of jazz, the whole thing is, uh, is is supposedly cheaper. Downside, you've got to leave your little gas flap open. Women, oh yes, which which is not, might not work so well. Not everyone wants to do. Mm. Mind you, you're not going to get. You're not risking getting it siphoned out because you're empty. Yeah. you're empty. Exactly. Hey, uh, thank you so much, Hazel Phillips from Credit Simple for coming in and uh, sharing your knowledge tonight. Thank you very much, Brian Kitchen, the winner of ASB Bright Sparks. Sarah O'Dwyer in the booth as always. Stay tuned for the weekend variety wireless. I'll be back in a week. I'm Gordon Davis. Nighty night.